Welcome to the QB List Fantasy Football Podcast. It is the week 13 sit-start episode. I am Eric Smith, and I'm joined by Brian Hartman and Mario Adamo Jr. Uh, we are here with two weeks left of the fantasy regular season. It's crunch time. We got to get to the playoffs here in one piece. Hopefully you have a healthy roster. Uh, there's going to be a lot to figure out this week with all the injuries. As always, our sit-start article on the website, though, has every single fantasy-relevant player covered. So we will touch on the tough decisions this week on the podcast, but please make sure to check out the article. Our authors are doing great work as always. So like I said, two weeks left of the regular season. So I have two guests here. Um, we'll start out with Brian. Brian, how are things over in Colts land there? Uh, what's been going on recently? I mean, it's not too terrible as far as the Colts go. Uh, our first round pick, he's out for the season, but Minshew's taking us to the playoffs as it seems because I guess Colts are better than the Bills this year. Who knows? <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're just trying to make it here. We've got start-sit today. It's week unlucky 13, of course, because Ooh. we're trying to get into the playoff punch. And, of course, the Bills, the Bears, Raiders, Vikings, and Giants. Oh, don't forget the Ravens. All on by. So, um, I don't know. I need the two of you guys to help me help me get through these questions. Yeah, it's a brutal week. Colts defy all logic. Uh, they lose their best players, and they keep chugging along. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Seeing them above the Chargers, Bengals, and Bills in the standings is just mind-blowing at this point. So I don't know what to say. Um, anyway, let's get on to Mario. Mario, how you been? Welcome to the show. Good to have you on the uh, Sit Start podcast with me. Yes, thank you, Eric. Happy to be back on a, coming and going on the Sit Start, uh, known as the Waiver Wire Wizard. Brian anointed me. It's gone to my head, so I plug it every <laughs> chance I get. I'm an Eagles fan, and I'll say right now, just looking at the early preview of the spread of the San Fran Philadelphia game, but the 49ers are three point favorites on the road in Philadelphia. That's crazy to me. Just disrespect nonstop, but yeah, Eagles are doing good. Fantasy teams are doing good. Happy to be here. Yeah. I don't understand a lot of the discourse on the Eagles. Uh, it seems like everyone is trying to, I don't know, downplay them and say they don't look good while they keep knocking off like the top teams in the league week after week. I mean, I keep hearing about their upcoming schedule and I'm like, wait, who did they just play though? They just played. They, the they're in it. <laughs> they're <laughs> like, in the stretch, right? Like you just said. So I think it's uh, that loss to the Jets. Stuff. Who knows? Like I just, maybe we can't take them serious because of that. First time in Philadelphia history, they've lost to the Jets. And I have a cousin who's a Jets fan and every week his team gets worse, but he still texts me. He's like, I can't believe you lost to this team and kills me every time. Well, hey, if you're going to lose one, uh, it's an AFC AFC team, and uh, no tiebreakers will be affected. So that was the one to lose, I suppose. So. <laughs> That's true. All right, we're going to be uh, quick on the news and updates. Um, we will get into most of the injury news when we get into the game. So we are going to go game by game, touch on the, uh, the borderline sit-start decisions for you. So uh, some of the news up top we're going to start with. Uh, Justin Jefferson uh, looks like he's set to return after the bye week. So... Hold on, everybody. We got one more week, and then uh, hopefully he's back up to speed and firing on all cylinders. Um, also in Minnesota, though, it seems like Joshua Dobbs is not the automatic starter going forward. So uh, a little bit up in the air here in Minnesota. Brian, um, what's your thoughts just kind of on this offense and this passing game going forward? I'm really nervous. I'm not going to lie. It's been struggling since he since, since Dobbs been there. Uh, Jordan Addison has fallen off a cliff ab completely going from averaging nearly 20 points a game to almost 10 points a game uh, with Josh Dobbs there. So you bring in Justin Jefferson, if he comes back, this is just going to lower the amount of uh, targets to be passed around. So I really don't think it's a great thing going forward as far as the the, uh, the Vikings pass catchers. 
Yeah, and I mean, Hawkinson's soaking up a ton of just short passes. Mario, are you worried about the more explosive receivers here, or is Jefferson just going to find the ball no matter whether it's – I don't even know who the quarterback would be if it's not Dobbs. I see Nick Mullins and Jaron Hall on the roster. Uh, not looking great, but are you worried about Jefferson when he comes back? I'm not worried about Jefferson. It kind of reminds me of Mike Evans in Tampa Bay situation where it's like he is just too talented. No matter who's throwing the ball, he's going to get his. I do worry about every other wide receiver on the Vikings. I think they're all going to fall off a cliff with the occasional startable wide receiver three upside game. But I'm not worried about Jefferson. Talent just finds a way. But I am worried about all the other pass catchers except Hawkinson. Uh, And I do agree about Dobbs not being an automatic lock-in going forward. I covered it a little bit a couple weeks back, but in week 12, it did the start sit for Vikings-Bears, and I just commented, I think the Dobbs, the pastronaut, it's been fun for a bit, but I think we're kind of getting back down to earth, and I think we're kind of seeing who Dobbs is and why he's been traded six times this season for pennies on the dollar in some cases. Yeah, it's falling into place. Yeah, the magic definitely seems to be wearing off with Dobbs. So hopefully uh, they get it. Maybe they'll just find the next magic quarterback and plug him in. We'll see. (laughs) It's that easy. Yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) All right. Next up, Carolina has clean house uh, very quick into the the Frank Reich tenure. So uh, out as the head coach, the offensive coordinator, the QB coach, the running back coach. Uh, It's a a fresh new offensive staff here in Carolina. So uh, Brian started out with you again. Like this offense is kind of bottomed out anyway. I don't know how much this changes, but what are your thoughts on uh, new coaching here in Carolina? (laughs) I mean, that may have been part of the problem, but that's not the whole problem here. We weren't talking about Carolina prior to this. We won't be talking (laughs) about them after this. There's just not a whole lot going on here. They traded away everything they possibly could to go for their guy. And whether he is the guy or not, I don't think we're ever going to find out because I don't think he's ever going to have the appropriate support staff on the field and off the field to, you know, to make the growth that he needs to, to be a capable or even a franchise quarterback. So I'm very pessimistic looking at this Carolina team for the next few years. Yeah, they just put their uh, third starting offensive lineman on IR. I was doing the sit-start section for the Panthers, and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty bleak. So, Mario, you got any hope for us, or are we just running away from the Panthers at this point? We're just avoiding at all costs. I hope you sold Thielen while he was at his highs, because now <laughs> it's looking grim. Uh, I was so high on Sanders going in into the season. I definitely sprinkled in a lot of shares. Maybe it's just my Eagles bias, but I thought he was going to be the one to kind of help ease in the rookie quarterback. It's it's a mess. I, I'm not trying to roster any Panther. If anything, I'm looking to see who they're playing that week, and that defense is one on my radar. Absolutely. Okay, more on that game later on. Uh, but yeah, not. Uh, I'm not going to disagree with any of those takes there for sure. So uh, let's kick it off with uh, a fun Thursday game. Uh, Seattle Seahawks at Dallas Cowboys. Uh, over under 47 and a half with Dallas favored by eight and a half. That seems like an awfully big spread. Uh, I know Dallas is good, but uh, Thursday night, short week, that, that's a big cushion. So, um, Brian, we're going to kick it to you for the analysis here in this game. Let's start out on the Seattle side of things. Uh, it's been a little bit of a rocky road here for the passing game. So, um, I don't know, which which receiver stands out this week to highlight? Which which receiver doesn't stand out here? The Dallas Cowboys <laughs> had a great Thanksgiving. They ate a little too much because you talk about that cushion being a little big. I think they ate so much that the cushion got a little bigger. I see this going up just a little bit more before kickoff, and I'm all about the Cowboys in this game. I think they are going to just roll Seattle. Um, Seattle has not looked good. Geno's a little banged up. We've got wide receivers over here for Seattle, Lockett, DKJSN. I think they're all a crapshoot. 
Uh, I think one of them will come out as a fantasy viable, hopefully a wide receiver too. Um, if I had to put my money on it, I'd probably go DK. But I'm not confident in starting either one of these players, especially uh, next week as we head to the 49ers. So uh, Seattle Seahawks wide receivers, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of. But you talked about the, the Cowboys receivers. These, these are the guys that start. Lamb has been just next level. Uh, Dallas has scored 33 or more points in four of their last five games. So I, I imagine that's going to continue against the Seattle defense. Uh, Pollard's going against a, a bottom six defense, rushing defense in Seattle. So I think uh, let's keep that trend rolling with that top running back. And uh, Cooks, he has been uh, top 24 in four of the last six games. So if you said Cooks or any of the Seattle wide receivers, I would probably take him. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I know Cooks has been uh... – I've been pretty skeptical on him, but he's been starting to win me over as the season goes. So uh, what do you think about Charbonnet for Seattle? Like just kind of a volume back at this point. I mean, it doesn't seem like the Seattle running game is what it used to be. And this is a really tough matchup here. So kind of where you, where are you penciling in Charbonnet if you have a, a deeper running back roster? You know, it's a shame. I think we were all really excited, not for a Walker injury, but for Charbonnet to get his shot this year. Uh, very talented back. I felt like he was coming into the draft. Uh, it was unfortunate he came in behind Walker, but I'm I'm really nervous. I think he's going to be a good volume play. He may be able to get you just over that cusp of do- double-digit points because he can catch the ball. Uh, so hopefully a handful of dump-off passes go his way. Maybe he falls in the end zone if they get close enough. But uh, you're going to play him more as a uh, running back three, flex running back, I, I believe. Yeah, and if my memory serves me correctly, this was way back on Thanksgiving. Feels like forever ago at this point. But Charbonnet ended up with four catches for 11 yards. I think like three of those are on the last drive. I could be wrong on that one. So it's kind of garbage time production there. It's just, it's not been pretty with Charbonnet. I still think he's fine to put out there. If he scores a touchdown, he's going to be a borderline RB1 probably. Just that's the way running back works. But yeah, it hasn't been super exciting for Charbonnet, which we were kind of all hoping for. So, uh, Mario, you have any different thoughts on the Seattle offense before we move over a little more to, to uh, Dallas here? No, only thing is Charbonnet was super high on him and a lot of the sit-start stuff in the waiver articles. He's just facing the gauntlet of the schedule right now. Last week was yeah. 49ers. This week's Dallas. I believe next week is 49ers again. So it's kind of like what you were saying, Brian. I really want to see Charbonnet like, as he had the opportunity to take advantage of it, but in this situation, it's so tough. You probably did with the bye weeks, maybe you're starting him just on that volume alone, but like you guys covered, like touchdown, touchdown or bust. Okay. And then uh, not too much more to cover for Dallas, Brian, but um, everyone keeps starting back. He looks like a league winner at this point. I mean, he's taken Can't off recently. Uh, I, I guess that, I mean, keep starting Pollard, keep starting Lamb. I guess it's kind of just where you at on Ferguson, the tight end for Dallas. Like, I, I don't know if there's much more to analyze here. Ferguson's been pretty low the last couple of weeks, uh, only one in three catches the last two weeks. So uh, we haven't seen a touchdown in a while. So I think that's what you're hoping on. You know, I, I feel like he's due a touchdown here soon. So you may see it in this game, but uh, there's not a whole lot out there as far as streaming tight end, especially in a six team bye week. So uh, you may just have to put him out there and hold your breath. As a manager trying to fill uh, some Mark Andrews holes, I, I definitely, uh, yeah, it, it's rough out there right now. Logan Thomas is what I'm rolling with. So I would take I would take Jake Ferguson at this point. Uh, but, yeah, he's kind of around 30, 40 yards a week. That's kind of where we're at with Ferguson. So, all right. Uh, I think we can move on from this one and get Thursday night game to kick things off. Uh, Mario, we're going to kick it over to you. Uh, we've got the Denver Broncos at the Houston Texans. 47.5 uh, point spread. Houston by 3.5 at home. 
Um, let's start out with Denver. Uh, who catches your eye here as far as a, a difficult sit-start decision for the Broncos? Ooh, good one. I would probably start with Javante Williams. would probably be my toughest one. I just want to get out and just say Jerry Judy. Uh, I think he's kind of borderline droppable at this point. I'm starting with him because I got his numbers in front of me. Yeah. But it is just, it's just kind of a bummer, right? Like he's had three targets in two of the last three weeks. Um, you know, finishes of just under six points in each of those. He had the one outlier where he caught the five targets in week 11. But even there, it just got you the 10 points. He, Judy, I feel like he was doing a lot of like the smack talking and they had some excitement around his name, but he is, he's bumming me out. So he's kind of borderline droppable. As for Javante Williams, he's been someone, the Broncos as a whole, I believe they've won five straight. So pretty exciting stuff. Javante's starting to get a little bit more involved. He's 10 points, seven points. Um, and then a little bit before that, 21 points by week, 18 points. So I feel like he's on the upswing. He seems to be a part of this offense as they're winning positive game script, et cetera. So he's probably the person I'm most excited about here on this side. Yeah, the snaps looked good for him last week, 47 snaps. Uh, Samaj Piran had 18, uh, Julian McLaughlin only two. So uh, certainly encouraging there. Uh, Denver's really become a ball control kind of offense at this point. So, yeah, I totally understand uh, fading Judy. Uh, Sutton just scores touchdowns every week, so uh, you got to keep playing him, I think. But uh, Judy, I, I would be fine dropping him as well. Um, Russell Wilson, like, are you, the numbers aren't really there, even though the wins are like, do you think maybe there's another level to this offense where he starts putting up some yards or is he just kind of waiver wire two quarterback league fodder at this point? I think he's exactly that. I think we kind of know who he is at this point. I think that he's not going to be the one that's going to lose you the week. You know, like if you need the 14 points, I believe he's going to get you 14 points. He has one game this season under 10 points back in week six at Kansas city. That's a tough game, a tough place to play. But besides that, looks like he's about 14 is his lowest with a few 16, 18 sprinkled in there. Like you just said, he is a super flex guy. He's a great bye week filler. A lot of good quarterbacks on bye week this week. Lamar, Josh Allen. Um, so he's he's probably good for that. But after that, you can drop him. Yeah, I actually picked him up in a league. I have Geno Smith. I just didn't want to deal with that Dallas matchup. I'd rather play Russell Wilson than Geno Smith. Another great point. example. So, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, unless there's anything else on the Broncos you want to touch on, uh, we can get to the more exciting offense here in Houston. Um, man, we're just like starting all of our Texans, right? We're just firing up all the Texans. <laughs> Stroud boys, I was so high on CJ Stroud early on um, just because I thought he'd be exciting. Although I'm normally a, a big doubter in Ohio State quarterbacks, but Stroud was the exception and it's been paying off. So Stroud boys, keep firing up every single week starter. He is who we thought Josh Dobbs would be. As for the running back situation, this is kind of interesting because, uh, you know, this used to be Pierce, Pierce, Pierce. Single Terry was single carry. He was, you know, the change of pace guy that caught a touchdown or threw a touchdown here or there, but you didn't want him. But the turntables, he's now been out snapping Pierce. Uh, last week, Pierce was his first game back from injury, but he still only saw 11 snaps to single Terry's 49. Single Terry seems to be getting all the volume, all the action. I'm still firing up Singletary for now. I'm going to fire him up until I see Pierce win this job back. But it seems like Singletary has won this job, which is crazy to see. Wide receiver. A little bit early on, I feel like there was a lot of debate because nobody drafted these any of these guys, right? So it was like, which one do you spend in your fab on? Is it Collins? Is it Dell? I feel like Collins was the one that won that initial push. Dell had a couple good games sprinkled in there. 
Uh, but now Dell seems like he's kind of won out this job. Dell's been finishing as a top 15 guy the last couple of weeks. You want to fire up Dell. Uh, but And then Collins is ranked uh, second to him. But I just want to give a shout-out to Noah Brown, who was playing well a few weeks ago. Then he got hurt. I don't have his injury in front of me. I believe it was a leg thing. Knee injury. He missed the last two weeks with a knee injury. But before that, he was putting up some pretty great numbers of 27 points in week nine, 24 points in week 10. That's the last time he's played. Um, I'm kind of optimistic he's going to come back and just kind of explode back into this role. So as we're getting close to playoffs, this is when I like to stash lottery tickets, defenses for for you know those future weeks, and that kind of stuff. So I'm looking at Brown as a pickup here. Yeah, Tank Dell popped up on the injury report on Wednesday. I, it doesn't seem like it's anything major, but definitely keep an eye on that. Him and Nico Collins have been banged up, so uh, that's a good call. There's uh, it's a good passing offense, and there's been some injuries there, so uh, we'll see if that keeps shuffling around. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I see that they lost uh, Titus Howard, offensive lineman for the season, so offensive line takes a little hit. Uh, other than that, though, I think we covered most of it. What do you think, Dalton Schultz? Uh, he keeps chugging along as a tight end one. He's going to keep chugging along. Last week was his worst week of the season. Um, So it can literally only go up from there. Kind of talk about tight ends a little bit of a wasteland. I think Dalton Schultz is one of those better guys. I think he's top half of the league. So He was unable to practice today with a hamstring injury, so I would monitor that. Uh, And as bad as the Broncos are against tight end, I actually would throw out Adam Troutman as a decent streamer out of this game over Schultz. Uh, Houston is horrific against tight end. Uh, Troutman did find the end zone last week, but with the uh, 21 point implied total for both teams, I think three touchdowns coming out of the Denver. I think one of them might go that way. I like that. All right. I think that wraps up this one. Um, Let's move on to the Los Angeles Chargers at the New England Patriots. Over under 41, Chargers favored by six. Um, I'm going to start out on the Chargers side here with the wide receivers. Uh, Quentin Johnson was a full practice. X-rays are negative, so he looks to have survived his injury last week. It's not exactly clear if he got benched for injury last week or his play. So uh, Quentin Johnson, even though he's healthy, I don't know. uh, He's been three to six targets a game lately and not producing much. So I think we can kind of move on from Quentin Johnson at this point. I mean, he does have upside, but it's just not showing anything right now. So uh, I think that kind of makes Joshua Palmer – on the surface and add and hold in some deeper leagues. Um, he's eligible to return from IR from a knee injury. He did have some nice production before he got hurt. Uh, he was seeing about seven or eight targets a game. Uh, however, Brandon Staley today said something to the effect of he hopes he's back this season, even though he's now eligible to return from IR. So I don't know. It might be a little while before Joshua Palmer returns. So uh, obviously Keenan Allen's going to get all the work he can handle. It kind of leaves Jalen Guyton as the next man up. Um, it's not not someone I would say to start by any means. I just thought it was worth mentioning if there are all these wide receiver injuries, Quentin Johnson is not performing. Uh, New England has actually given up a lot of points to wide receivers this year, uh, eighth most points. So Jalen Hyatt got him for 109 yards last week on six targets. I'm not saying I would start Jalen Guyton, but just, you know, maybe some DFS plays or deep dynasty leagues, keep an eye on them. But um, otherwise, I, you know, you're starting Justin Herbert, you're starting Austin Eckler, you're starting Keenan Allen. Um, as far as tight end, I think Gerald Everett is a streamer at this point. I've been a little down on him this year, um, but he was back to healthy this, or he was back to healthy last week, played 42 of 66 snaps. Donald Parham only played 28. Uh, Everett had four catches on four targets, 43 yards and a touchdown. Like 
the volume hasn't really been there for Everett, but he's scoring touchdowns when he's healthy. Um, I did look at the Pats. Like, they've allowed the third fewest points to tight ends, but they've not played a tough tight end schedule. Uh, when they played Dalton Kincaid, he had a decent game. Jake Ferguson had a decent game. It's it's kind of been the schedule as much as anything, I think, for the Pats. So I would say Gerald Everett is a streamer if you need him this week. He's kind of in that tight end 10 to 15 range. So, um, Brian, do you have any thoughts on this Chargers offense, the, either the receivers or the tight ends here that I didn't mention? Uh, I guess nothing that you didn't mention, just echoing the uh, Gerald Everett. He may or may not have been featured in a streaming tight end article that we have on the website, so might have to go check out that for a few more details. Awesome. Patriot side of things, uh, there's a lot of red X's on this chart here uh, where we <laughs> distinguish if you want to play yeah. somebody or not. Uh, it's, it's pretty brutal here for the Patriots. So uh, on Wednesday, Bailey Zappi, uh, he took the first team reps. And actually, Malik Cunningham backed him up, so we'll see. But I don't Ooh. think Mac Jones is going to play this week. Um, and maybe one of their only exciting players, um, Mario Douglas, Pop Douglas, he's in concussion protocol. So the receiving core is in rough shape. Uh, so Ramondre Stevenson is a good start, high-end RB2. He's playing a lot of snaps recently. He's kind of overtaken Ezekiel Elliott again. It's just a bummer here because the Chargers defense is like a top 10 matchup for all skill positions. So it's just <laughs> we want to find someone here for the Patriots, but like the best I could do – Devontae Parker, he returned from a two-game absence, led the team in snaps and routes last week. Five catches or five targets, three catches, 42 yards. Like maybe in a deep league DFS type situation, maybe you're looking at Devontae Parker, but I don't think he's any good. So uh, this is a rough situation in New England. I, there's really nobody I would start other than Douglas if he was healthy and Ramondre Stevenson. So um, Mario, I, I disagree with anything or any players you want to make fun of here like this is a rough list of offensive <laughs> players patriots bum me out the only person worth starting is stevenson who i've been thinking is a phony for so long now i do think like you said the matchup is so juicy so you got to start him if you have him no other offensive player i'm even touching on the Patriots side uh i do want to just point out that on the charger side eckler you're always going to start eckler i'm not doubting eckler but as someone with eckler in a few leagues I can just voice my frustrations and just say, I don't know if he's the an RB1 anymore. Like, if I get RB2 numbers out of him, if I get double digits out of him, the last two weeks, he's had a fumble in each, hasn't found the end zone in either, nine points and seven points. Don't love to see that. I am lowering expectations for Austin Eckler, just kind of throwing that out there. Um, not related to either particular team, but I just want to say that the, the over-under of 41 – Personally, I love this under. Um, I know, you know, we're mostly fantasy stuff, but I just need to give it a call out because I think it was going to be a low-scoring, ugly kind of game. Love it. Yeah, I think we're going to have to have a serious discussion on Austin Eckler this offseason. Uh, yeah, there aren't a lot of bell cow running backs left, and it's hard to fade them even when they're getting older, but he's definitely lost a step, I think. So um, we'll see. We'll see how he finishes this season. Okay, next up, we've got the Detroit Lions at the New Orleans Saints, over under of 45 and a half. Uh, Lions are favored by four on the road. Brian, why don't you kick us off with the Lions here? Oh, boy, the Lions. Um, they're good, right? Because last two weeks, I, they look like the Lions of old. Uh, I think this should be a decent bounce-back game. Like you said, 45 and a half point total against the Saints. Saints are struggling with injuries right now. Uh, Goff, I think he can be put back out there despite this not being a home game, which is where he thrives. This is a dome game, which is where he thrives. So uh, let's put him in the, uh, in you know, 
the uh, the Thunderdome down there and, and get him rock and roll against the Saints. I think he's a good play. Uh, Montgomery and Gibbs, I would be, I don't want to say hesitant against it, but the, the Saints are stingy. They've traditionally been stingy against uh, running backs. They're giving up only about 17.9 points to the position total. Uh, so if you're looking for those two guys to split that, I, I think you're really hoping that Gibbs gets a good amount of receiving work. Uh, but I think both of them can be started as RB1 and RB2. Uh, Almond Ross St. Brown, is there a discussion here? We're, we're, no. we're starting him. Uh, and then we've got uh, Reynolds and then Jamison Williams. I think we're at that point of the season between injuries and flex or, and uh, bye weeks that I think you could flex him. We have seen a little bit of excitement from him. Uh, Jamison Williams is getting a – I want to say more involved, but I feel like every time I say that, I, you know, it, it gets shut back down. Uh, so the past three weeks, 63, 65, and 52% of snaps. So he's getting more involved, but the targets have only been 3, 3, and 2. So it's still not exciting. You're just really hoping for that big play from him. Uh, and then Sam Laporta, he's like a lot of these guys. Slam dunk, you're starting him. I know you don't have a better option, so put him out there. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think Williams, he's just one of those classic deep threats. Uh, if there's some upside there if you want to roll the dice, but yeah, still a little early for me to trust him. So uh, maybe, I don't know, some more to talk about here on the Saints side of things just because of their wide receiver cords. It's a little early in the week with uh, injury reports to maybe fully diagnose the Saints wide receivers here. But uh, Brian, walk us through what's going on here with the pass catchers because it's pretty brutal. It's gross. It's uh, luckily their best pass catcher, Alvin Kamara, the running back. He's going to be peppered <laughs> all day long. Uh, yeah. They're already sitting at a 24% target share to the running back position for the Saints. That's fourth among all NFL teams. But I, I think Kamara is going to see double-digit targets easily in this game. Uh, Olave's possibly out. Shahid's possibly out. Uh, that's going to leave, as far as pass catchers or for the wide receivers, A.T. Perry, uh, Lynn Bowden. I saw um, Kirkwood got uh, a few targets as well. But I think A.T. Perry is the only one I'm really willing to put out there, and that is at a deep league in a – fourth select spot or a DFS um, just because Carr is willing to throw it down deep every now and then. Uh, but I think one of my favorite two pass catchers here are uh, tight ends, or at least one of them says he's a tight end. Uh, Juwan Johnson <laughs> has gotten more and more involved. Uh, we've seen him go on stretches before last year with uh, heavily targeted in the red zone. And then Taysom Hill, uh, this Detroit Lions run defense is really good. So Kamara is going to be busy catching the ball. So I think, you know, we might see a good rushing amount from uh, Taysom Hill. And there's something like uh, 80% win rate when he gets at least seven or eight rushes. So I think this could be a potential setup for him. Yeah, I was uh, really high on Jawan Johnson coming into the year, just as far as best ball leagues and, you know, dart throw tight ends and uh, injuries mm -hmm. got in the way. Um, but I, I'm definitely ready to jump back on board with a, a seven target week last week. So excited to see him uh, at least on the radar for streaming at this point. So very excited to see Jawan back. Um yeah, I don't know. Mario, you got anything to add uh, either side of this game? Any stats you want to bring up or any any disagreements? <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'll point out it's the Jamal Williams revenge game, but that doesn't move the needle for me. Um, <laughs> we kind of talk, but we got to give credit where it's due. Uh, I've also, I'm loving the tight ends on the same side besides Kamara. They're probably my favorite starts. Either one of them, I don't think you could go wrong. If you had to pick one, you know, you have Hill for kind of just like his general offensive zaniness where he's, like you mentioned, it's like when he gets the ball, Seven carries, they win eighty percent of those games, something like that. Um, and Johnson, I, I've been a big fan of Johnson, like you know, going back to last year. So I think both of them are going to get a big bump. Detroit side, I'm not even rostering Reynolds and Williams in most cases. Williams is just 
but I, I think he has the one touchdown in the last four weeks. And it's like, that's the game where he had, a, he's a touchdown or bust guy. Right. And it's just like, I'm not trying to roster that in most situations. Uh, but then I am just wanting to give a shout out to Montgomery. I'm really high on him. He's had a touchdown in all, but one of the games this season. So I think he is just yeah. like the, the epitome of consistency. So big Montgomery fan. Awesome. All right, next up, let's get to the Atlanta Falcons at the New York Jets, uh, over under of 34. <laughs> Falcons <Yeah. laughs> favored by three. Uh, did I get that right, Mario? Uh, where do you want to start out in this one? Crush oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, honestly, this one, I don't know. I mean, 34 is such a low number, but, I mean, you see Iowa just proving that it's possible to get single digits in these games. But, okay, so talking about this game, Ritter's back. Um Heineke was starting for a little bit, but Ritter played last week through two picks. Didn't matter. They won the game against the Saints, so good on that. Uh, but they also won the game because Bijan finally got out of the doghouse, got out of whatever house he was in, and was looking good. He finished with uh, 24 standard points, so 27 PPR points. Love to see that. 91 rushing yards, the touchdown, as well as 32 receiving yards. So Bijan's looking back. He's looking unleashed. Bijan's probably the only person on the Falcons I am starting. Drake London is just such a dice roll. I just am worried about Drake London. He's the number one there. He should get the the volume, but I just don't know if I trust Ritter's arm to deliver the goods to London. So Bijan, the only person I'm starting. Kyle Pitts, droppable. If you've ever heard me talk, you know I feel this way. Kyle Pitts is droppable. And then unfortunately, Jonu Smith, who I was singing praises of being the real tight end one in Atlanta. It's kind of been a bummer in the last two weeks. He finished with zero points last week, no targets, no nothing, full Cheerios. Week before that, he had three targets for one catch and a single yard. So John will make me look egg on my face, but takeaway here, only star B, John. And Jets are uh, allowed the eighth most points against running backs. So that's a fun little boost for him. Yeah, and Jets have given up the second fewest to the wide receiver position. That's even after last week where Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle each put up 100 on them. So um, it's, yeah, with, with Sauce Gardner and company out there, tough matchup for this Falcons passing game for sure. So I would expect a, uh, a ground-heavy game. It's always a ground-heavy game for the Falcons, but probably more so than usual here. So, um, all right, what do we make of the Jets here, Mario? Like, I, I think Brees Hall is probably the interesting one. Like, the talent is so good. Um, we know they're going to feature him in the offense. They're going to build the offense around him, but how far does Boyle like carry him down? Like, I know I have some leagues where, um, I just got Kyron Williams back and I've got a little more depth and I'm like, man, do I really want to start Brees Hall with Tim Boyle quarterback? So where are we at on Brees Hall? Brees Hall is a tricky situation because you would think, Hey, you have Tim Boyle as your quarterback. So Brees Hall probably got a ton of carries last week on black Friday, right? Brees Hall got seven carries last week. I uh, don't love seeing that. He did get nine targets, so they're still trying to get him involved. But you just want to see him be more traditional, just getting the ball, just getting carried. So definitely a little bit of a bummer there. I think he has that RB1 upside. Uh, he almost has like a Kate, uh, like I kind of mentioned this about Eckler, where it's just like he has the talent. You know, he doesn't have the history that Eckler does, Brees Hall, but he has the talent. You would think that he should have that RB1 ceiling, but I think it's realistically closer to a rb2 kind of floor um so that's just my biggest concern you know tim boyle you're not starting garrett wilson you're going to continue to start you know you're not starting any other pass catcher uh, i don't even think the tight end conklin 
Lazard didn't play last week. Healthy scratch. Wilson's still been proven to get his. He's getting around 10 targets a game, and he's he's putting those to work. So I still like Garrett Wilson. That's it. That's his, that's his Jets team. Kind of a bummer for fantasy. Yeah. Oh, and Aaron Rodgers is practicing. Oh, how can I forget the most important story? Aaron Rodgers practice this Wednesday. We talk about all these vets not practicing. Aaron Rodgers, the, the oldest man in the league, maybe, or close to it. He practiced today. I saw a clip of him practicing that was in slow motion, and um, it made it really hard to distinguish if he's actually moving at all. So I, I want to see some full motion <laughs> clips of him because it kind of it made it look dramatic, but I was like, wait, is he actually even moving at all? Like I, I think this is a publicity stunt. I don't know about you guys, but they opened the 20, 21 day practice window. I think they're going to say, oh, we're out of the playoffs now, so no point rushing them. I, does anyone disagree? Are we actually going to see Aaron Rodgers this year? Unless he didn't tear his Achilles. <laughs> Unless that, I, yeah, I don't. Mm. He's gonna come in for a snap. I could feel it. I could maybe it's like the last snap of the season, but he's gonna come in. He's gonna wave to the crowd, pull out the American flag again, and then take the knee. And that's it. Jets uh-huh. are gonna lose that game, thirty-one to six. Yeah, I've heard the joke that he didn't actually tear it, but he just didn't want to give the first round pick to the Packers, so he's sitting out for these games, and then he's gonna come <laughs> back now that he's you know it's just a second round pick. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I, I don't doubt that he can stand back there and throw the ball, but uh, unfortunately you have to be able to move in the pocket and uh, the Jets don't exactly have the biggest juggernaut of an offensive line. So I, I think we're going to see him in uh, 2024. But Hey, go the yeah. Peyton Manning method. Go back there three seconds and then take a knee. They're going to come tackle you, just drop down. And I still that's think it, that's yeah. better than Boyle or Zach Wilson. Well, yeah, I, I can't push back on that. Boyle is one of the worst <laughs> quarterbacks. I, honestly, I think they should go back to Zach Wilson. I, that's that's how bad it yeah. is. So. I don't care. All right. That's All this right. game. Sorry. Sorry again, Jets fans. Uh, we have a lot of Jets fans in our Discord. Uh, sorry again. Uh, better years are ahead, I promise. <laughs> okay, next up, we got the Arizona Cardinals at the Pittsburgh Steelers over under of 41. Steelers favored by five and a half at home. Uh, I'm going to start out on the Cardinals side of things. Uh, this is Kyler Murray's fourth game back, and he has been the QB 13 or higher in every game. So, Kyler's back to doing this QB1 fantasy thing. I think he's a lower-end QB1, and if uh, if he's your best quarterback, roll him out there. Steelers, they're a good defense, but um, I don't think they're so good that you can't uh, start someone against them. So Kyler's looking solid. Uh, as far as this backfield, last week was a bit weird. They got blown out by the Rams. Uh, James Conner, 30 snaps. Amari DiMarcato, 14 snaps. And Michael Carter, newly signed, uh, 27 snaps. But Carter saw almost all of his snaps in the fourth quarter. They were down 31 to eight. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a bit of a garbage time thing. Um, it is worth noting that DeMarcado was playing third downs. So I don't know if Connor quite has this like monster bell cow role uh, that he used to have. Um, and he hasn't scored double digit points since week three. That's over five games. So Connor takes a step back, but he, he's still the goal line running back. I still think there's some upside on this offense. So I've kind of got Connor as like a flex play. Um, you could play him as an RB2 if you needed to, though. I, there's worse players out there. But uh, we, we do kind of want to see Connor take back his workhorse role. He's not quite there right now. So uh, that's kind of catching up on the Cardinals. I, I don't think that Michael Carter is anything. I think he's just depth and saw room in a blowout. So, um, Brian, do you have any thoughts on the Cardinals' backfield? Am I, should I be higher on Connor? Like, is this just going to even out as Kyler Murray gets back to full speed? No, I think he hit it right where it needs to be. Like there's, you know, there's production, there's some volume here with him, but I think, you you know, 
temper expectations with him. He's not getting that full workload in there. Uh, it's a rookie head coach, as we've seen with some of these yeah. new head coaches. They're you know making these vets fight for it. They're not just giving it up for free. So, um, I, you know, I don't I don't mind it from the the NFL standpoint, but for fantasy, they're screwing with us, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> we used to, we used to know what we had in James Carner is all the snaps. We, we need we need more of that. Where the bell cows? What what yeah. happened? Global Where warming, blowouts, pastures, just no more yeah. no more bell cows. It doesn't matter if it's to blow out or not connor needs to be out there so um receivers for the cardinals they're a bit banged up uh they've got let's see hollywood brown is, did not practice with a heel injury although he played through it last week he's probably fine uh, michael wilson didn't practice with a shoulder injury looks like he's going to miss another week um so uh, really hollywood brown's the key number one here uh he had 12 targets last week so kyler's starting to look his way again i, I think the arrow is pointing up on hollywood i've got him as a wide receiver three for now but I, there's more upside than that uh, if we see the Kyler of old chucking it downfield, I do think Hollywood Brown could have some big weeks. And he's still leading the, the team in snaps and routes. So uh, Steelers defense is middle of the pack against wide receivers. Nothing you need to avoid there. Um, did want to mention the other receivers here for the Cardinals. Greg Dortch, 17 combined targets the last two weeks. He's playing a bunch mm. of snaps. Um, I think he's a flex play in a deep league. Dortch is. It's not a high ceiling play, but he can get you some points. But uh, keep an eye on Zach Pascal and uh, Mike uh, Michael Wilson. Uh, they are the banged up players that he's been playing over. So if they come back, maybe Dorch's role uh, fades away. And then Rondell Moore, just four targets combined over the past two weeks, uh, seems to have been overtaken by Dorch. So uh, he's on the field a lot, but not much production. So uh, Mario, do you have any hopes for Hollywood Brown? I feel like everyone is either high on Hollywood Brown or fading Hollywood Brown. Never feels like there's any in between. Where do you fall on Hollywood? <laughs> I'm kind of fading Hollywood Brown because I'm excited about Greg Dorch, honestly. Like when you said you you mentioned the targets, I, I talked about him uh, in the waiver wire last week, week 12, and that was him coming off of the eight targets. And then he tops it up yeah. by having nine targets last week, this past week. He only did only catch three of them. One of them was in the end zone. So there you go. It saves his day. But yeah. he's just getting the targets. You know, like we saw Hollywood Brown went back a little bit to normalcy last week. But the week before that was abysmal for his target. So I'm just yeah. chasing the targets, especially in the Cardinals. Again, this isn't someone I'm blowing all my fab on, but it just, you know, for the bye weeks, maybe you just want some injury insurance. I don't know. I, li I like Dorch, though. Dorch is probably my biggest one I'm eyeing in this group. All right. Um, McBride, he's a tight end one. Keep starting him. He didn't practice with a groin injury, but it might just be a Wednesday thing. No indications that's serious. Uh, Steelers side of things, um, Kenny Pickett seems to have avoided injury. He was a full practice. Uh, they've got Minka Fitzpatrick coming back uh, from injury first game since week eight. So he's a full practice. Um, so really, uh, this offense is better without Matt Canada. I still don't know if they're uh, explosive, but uh, last week, 38 snaps for Najee Harris, 34 for Jalen Warren. Uh, last six weeks since the bye, uh, Najee Harris has been an RB1 four games out of six, and he has four touchdowns. Jalen Warren, last six, six weeks since the bye, he's been RB1 twice, um, and he has three touchdowns. I will say Jalen Warren has a higher ceiling. He's been RB7 and RB2 overall. So I think that's kind of where we're settling in with the Steelers running backs. Uh, Harris, maybe a bit of the safer option. Warren, a little bit of the explosive option. But uh, I got them both as RB2s this week. I think you can start either of them. Uh, Cardinals are second most points allowed to the running backs. They just got gashed by the Rams last week. So um, it's a good matchup. And then the receivers for the Steelers, like George Pickens is getting four to six targets a game. Hasn't hit double digit targets since week five. Uh, I'm not real high on Pickens. He's a wide receiver three. Deontay Johnson, kind of the same range. He's seeing more targets, but 
uh, only six catches on 16 combined targets over the last two weeks. So uh, he should have had a touchdown last week. If Mike Tomlin challenged, that would have helped. But uh, I don't know. Anyone have any pushback on both of them being wide receiver threes here? If that. Where they do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's my only thing is maybe they're just too high. But you're I mean, that, this feels right for them. Like I said, they're flirting with the flex play. I'm not excited about the Steelers offense. Pat Fryermuth exploded last week, his first game back from injury. I think that's all you need at tight end. He's a, he's a tight end one. I'd, I'd play him again and, um, until he, he lets you down. So overall, Steelers offense looked a lot better. Still not um, probably a league winner, but uh, they do have some startable pieces here. So um, Brian, take us away. Uh, Colts at Titans over under uh, 42 and a half. Colts favored by one on the road. Uh, we've got more injuries for the Colts. So uh, catch us up to speed. Yeah, what is this? Colts are favored by one? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Well, Levis is their quarterback <laughs> over there in Tennessee. Ugh, Ooh. whatever. But yeah, Minshew, I think he's a good streaming option. We talked about on Monday or Tuesday on the podcast. Uh, if you are having to stream at the QB position, you know, you're no Josh Allen this week. I think he's a good play. Uh, JT, we, I feel like we're getting mixed reports. Uh, I guess the direct source was Jim Irsay, which <laughs> you know that guy can't be trusted. But um, <laughs> the talk is he's going to have surgery on the thumb out two to three weeks. But there's IR talk, but there's not IR talk, but he is going to play. But look, we just need to get Moss on our team, and we need to make sure we're ready for the backup because Moss is a like mm, – this Titans defense run defense is pretty good. I think he's an RB two in this game, but he's got RB one upside. If he's the only one back there, they are just going to feed him. And he's done it before. We just saw him do it earlier in the season. Yeah. So I think regardless of who the starter is, I think the uh, the Colts running back is a valuable piece. Even if JT does play, I think Moss will still be flexible. Um, but I don't really see that he's going to be playing. We just need some concrete news. Uh, as far as the wide receivers, we've got Pittman and Downs, and this is not the season that I thought we were going to get from them. Obviously, we thought we were going to have Richardson back there throwing the ball, uh, running mm -hmm. the ball, but Pittman is crushing it. Right now, he's sixth in the league in first target reads, which, you know, we saw uh, Shane Steichen come over from the Eagles. We saw how he likes to run, you know, not necessarily the RPO because we don't have Richardson there, but, like, he likes to do his first reads. He likes to set them up pretty well. Uh, and then you've got Josh Downs, who has been killing it. 13 target game last week. Let's get back on pace with the rookie. I'm loving both of them as decent starts. Uh, you can throw all over the tight end, so I think both guys could be started as uh, Pittman RB, or wide receiver one and Downs as a wide receiver two. It's crazy how little we hear about Pittman. I just, it doesn't seem like he gets talked about a lot, and he's been consistent all season. I mean, he could, I'm sure he's due some touchdown luck too. I mean, he's only got, what, three touchdowns on the year? So uh, imagine a few more touchdowns sprinkled in. Pittman, uh, he's having an awesome year. So. Um, yeah, keep starting them. This this offense is uh, I don't know how it's working with Gardner Minshew, but it's it's definitely working. And the fantasy, it's a good spot to be. So, um, Titan side of the ball, I, not much to talk about here, right? There's one guy to talk about, and his name is Derrick Henry. Uh, the Colts, <laughs> you can definitely run on this defense. That's uh, where their weakness is, uh, especially losing Shaq or yeah Shaquille Leonard. Sorry, it's Darius Leonard, Shaquille Leonard. It's been killing me the last few years. But they did release him. So uh, this linebacking core, it's going to be a little different. They still played very well last week, but uh, you're definitely able to run on them. So I think Henry is a sit it or start it and forget it. Tajay Spears, his he hasn't been as involved the last couple of weeks. Snaps oh. dropped the last two weeks down to 45 and 40%. So he was a guy you were stashing just in case. But uh, I, I think that's all he is at this point. And then Hopkins. 
it's been gross. He can get a lot of targets. He can get a few targets, but he seems to only finish with three or four catches every time Levis plays. And uh, the Colts wide receiver or uh, cornerbacks are pretty good. Their strength, though, is at the cornerback or at the uh, slot cornerback position. So Hopkins being on the outside, I, I do think he'll he'll see a de- decent day. You know, maybe 40, 50, 60 yards ish. But I think that's about where you're gonna, you're going to finish with that. Yeah, they've been rotating receivers, and he actually saw fewest snaps of the season since week four, uh, I think it was. So uh, Hopkins, yeah, it's he's just not that player that he used to be. But there's, like you said, there's still going to be some production there. Um, I, I think I'm at about the point for with Ty J Spears. I'm about to drop him in some leagues where I've been stashing him. Like I always see that highlight play every week, mm-hmm. but the production just hasn't translated yet. So I, I'm kind of getting tired of waiting on Ty J Spears. I think so. Uh, mm-hmm. Mario, any thoughts on this game that we didn't touch on? No, there are no thoughts. I love Tractor Cedo season. It's you know this game's gonna be played in December or like you know so there that's Tractor Cedo season, right? Like it's cold. He's running hard. You're firing him up, and no one, else, no other Tennessee tie in. Yep, love it. Tractor Cedo season. Let's do it. Okay, <laughs> Miami Dolphins at the Washington Commanders. Uh, over under fifty points. Miami favored by nine and a half. Uh, Mario, you've got this game. Uh, how many RB1s do the Miami Dolphins have if uh, Devon Achan plays? If Achan plays, is it crazy that they can both be RB1s? It kind of reminds yeah, me I of love a, a couple weeks. Yeah, right? I, I saw it a couple weeks back in Detroit where Montgomery and Gibbs, which is like you have two different guys that can both be great. That's what they have here in Miami. Miami's just a fun, you know, we kind of talk about Steelers, Tennessee, like Patriots. It's like not throw those teams under the bus, but like, they all stink at fantasy. They're sad to watch. Miami, fun to watch. Tua is slinging it. Um, last I checked, he's, I think, quarterback eight-ish, like hovering around there. But I love this matchup against the Commanders, so bump them up to a high QB1. Both of the running backs I love a lot, Mostert and HM. I am a little hesitant if HM is going to be starting or not. Um, keep an eye on the injury report. actually don't have that up in front of me, so I can pull up his uh, stuff from today. And then with the wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, he's a league winner. You start a hand no matter what. And then Waddle, I think, is one of those better RB2s, or excuse me, wide receiver twos. He's like better than a Gaby baby. He's kind of maybe on that Devontae Smith, like maybe even a little bit above him, depending on the certain weeks. Uh, and then their tight end. I'll say their tight end. I think Smith is their tight end in Miami. Derp I'm not Smythe. sorry. Him. Smythe, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's the one position where I'm not excited about in Miami. So if you have a Dolphin, you're starting in that Dolphin. Simple as that. Yeah, last word on HN for practice Wednesday. He was a limited participant with his knee injury. Uh, he was limited last week, and they didn't play him. I would suspect that, like, if they play him, he's probably good to go. I don't see any reason for them to rush him. So, I don't know. I think if he's active, I would suspect he's going to get a decent workload. I They seem to be being cautious with him. So, I, I don't think they just throw him out there and risk injury. I don't know. I could be wrong on that one. But, um, yeah, I, I would play HN if he's out there. All yeah, right, Washington so. side of the ball. Uh what do you think? Like, I, I feel like we fluctuate on this offense between being uh, excited about them and uh, wanting to bench them all. So where are you at on the commanders? You know, I'm going to start bottom up this time just for some variety because I think that the commanders <laughs> to talk about them, you need something. Um, but so Logan Thomas, you mentioned you're starting him in some leagues. I think you continue to start Logan Thomas in some leagues. He's been getting <laughs> the targets. He's, he's been getting the production, right? That's like, I can't believe it, this 32-year-old tight end. But I'm looking – Last week was four targets, but that was kind of low for him. Before that, it was eight, five, five, eight, six. 
He's getting the looks. You're going to start him. And last week was also at Dallas. Tough, tough matchup. So I'm throwing that one out the window. We went up to the wide receiver group. Terry McLaurin, frustrate, another frustrating player, but he got 11 targets last week. That's the second highest of the season. Only brought in four of those catches for 50 yards. But I, I, I like starting Terry. He's like that in between wide receiver two to wide receiver three for me. He could go off if the touchdowns go his way, but he only has two touchdowns this year. Kind of similar to Michael Pittman, where it's like you like to think better days are ahead, but then you just have to think, does Washington even like find the end zone? As for uh, Dotson and Samuel, they're both kind of like gadget guys to me. They're both like the interchangeable. It's like one week I'd be like, wow, we thought Samuel was dethroning Dotson, but vice versa. Like they're just interchangeable flex guys that can peak at a wide receiver two game and you think you struck gold and then they go back down to earth. So no, I'm not even really considering the other wide receivers besides Terry running backs, Brian Robinson. Remember when like B Robinson was the best running back in football, but it wasn't Bijan. It was, it was Brian. I feel like those days are kind of, kind of behind us. And I think that Miami's going to get ahead early. They're not going to be able to run the ball. So I have Robinson as like a lower two, you know, as a flex Gibson, I'm not even excited about. I'm probably dropping him for the most part. But then Sam Howell, it's rounded out. Sam Howell, he's been kind of fun. He has his good weeks. He has his bad weeks. I had McLaurin stats up, but for Sam Howell stats, he threw the ball 40. He's thrown the ball a ton. The last, here we go, even easier. Since week seven, he's thrown at least 40 times a game. He has a 52 thrown in there. So you know he's slinging it. The only thing you have to worry about is the turnovers. He does have at least one turnover a game over this stretch, including one pick last week, three picks against the Giants. I don't know how you do that. Um, but even in those bad games, he's getting 18, 20, 24 points. He's getting the points. Hal is, I'd say he's a low QB one. I'm feeling good about Hal. Yeah, I, I will say the Dolphins defense is getting better. Uh, they they started out a little rough this year and they have improved. So I don't know. Howell's fine. I, you're you're right. The volume is so high that you, he's not going to completely give you a goose egg. So uh, I like him as a high, more higher end QB two. But yeah, it's it's splitting hairs there. So um, I don't know anyone you disagree with on these, Brian. Like I feel like these receivers. It's just we're unfortunately kind of waiting for the weeks where Dotson misses or or Samuel misses. So we kind of yeah. consolidate these targets a little bit. Yeah, I think about the point where I'd probably start Samuel, maybe over all three of these. You really haven't been happy Ooh. with Terry all season. And I think Samuel's got a higher chance of spiking right now, just the way he's being used in the offense. Uh, and then also these running backs, I'm not really excited about. The Dolphins have been playing pretty tough. Uh, Brees Hall, or the Jets, they only gave up 12 points to. Uh, Jacobs and the Raiders, they only gave up six points, uh, 16 to Kansas City, nine to New England. So they're just not giving up a lot of running back points right now over the last mm-hmm. few weeks. So uh, I would be hesitant. And like you said, uh, Mario, I think Dolphins will get up to a lead early and they're going to be throwing from behind. And Curtis Samuel, I feel like, fits the the game script anyway, the, mm-hmm. the way I see it. I like that. All right. Sounds good. Well, yeah, I would expect them to be playing from behind as well. So um, we'll see how the there's just so many weapons here that they feel like they're all about the same level other than McClure. And it's just hard to sort through this Washington offense most weeks. But uh, we will see definitely some upside there. So, all right. Next up is the Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over under 37 Tampa Bay favored by five and a half. 
Uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, Carolina placed their third starting offensive lineman of the year on IR. Uh, that's not great. Um, they're running out of tight ends. Uh, Hayden Hurst still in the concussion protocol. Tommy Tremble didn't practice with a groin injury. Uh, Ian Thomas is next up. Not that you're going to be starting him, but uh, Panthers side of things, it's, it's looking pretty bleak here. Uh, they went run heavy against the Titans last week for some reason. They had 32 carries for 96 yards uh, compared to 35 dropbacks. So, uh, yeah, I don't know about that strategy against a good run defense in Tennessee, and it's kind of similar spot here against Tampa Bay. Uh, they're a good matchup for fantasy players against the bo- across the board in the passing game, uh, but Tampa Bay does not allow much on the ground. So Panthers are hard to kind of diagnose because they cleaned out so many coaches here on offense that this all could change their usage. Um, as, as far as the backfield, though, last week it was Chuba Hubbard, 47 snaps, Miles Sanders, 27 snaps. But again, with the, ch- the coaching change and – their roles have kind of flip-flopped all year anyway. I just I don't think you can trust either of these running backs. I, I've got Chuba Hubbard as an RB3, um, Miles Sanders lower than that. So like I just I would not trust either of these players this week. Bad matchup and a new coaching staff. I just don't know who they're going to give the ball to. So uh, on to the receiving core. Adam Thielen is still playing enough snaps, running enough routes. Uh, it looks like he's their wide receiver one. Um, he was getting targets until last week, but he only got three last week. Uh, but he's really seen a drop-off in production uh, before the Week 7 bye. Thielen had three of six games with 100 yards receiving. Since the bye, uh, he's got a high of 74 yards, and only uh, he's only been over 50 yards in two of the five games since the bye. So he's really fallen off. Uh, it's just hard to trust him at this point. So I've got a wide receiver three. We'll see if this coaching staff shakes things up at all. But uh, Thielen is fading. And I kind of second week in a row, I'm going to mention Jonathan Mingo. Still probably not even worth adding, but he did lead the team with targets in six last week. So slowly trending upwards as the rookie. Uh, we'll see down the stretch if he can get a little more production. But uh, it, it's pretty bleak in Carolina, so not really a whole lot you want to start here. Um, Tampa Bay side of things, Baker Mayfield seems good to go. Uh, had an ankle injury, but they're saying he should be a full go this week. So they avoided uh, some worry there for sure. Um, but I don't know. I think this offense is pretty straightforward. Rashad White is probably more of an RB2 most weeks, but uh, this matchup against the Panthers, uh, he's an RB1, I would say. Um, Mike Evans is a wide receiver one. Chris Godwin's been disappointing as a wide receiver three, but uh, nothing really changing, I don't think, out of all these players. Kate Otten plays a ton of snaps, not a lot of production. Um, he's kind of a desperation streamer. But I don't know. I didn't find a whole lot to talk about in this one. Um, Brian, do you have any players you want to point out in this matchup? Not in this matchup. <laughs> Mario, last call. Yeah, maybe I'm a little more excited about Kada, and I think he has got some good upside just because he's getting the good targets, right? I mean, four, five, three is a stinker, but then nine, six, six. You like to see yeah. that. Otherwise, I mean, this game, this game's not going on the TV. I mean, this one's just. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I describe this one. Yes, it's a rough one. All right, let's move on. I, I like I said, I, I was I was researching that game and I was just uh, not very excited. So uh, I don't know if this one's exactly exciting, but we're gonna go to the Cleveland Browns at the Los Angeles Rams, thirty nine and a half over under. Rams favored by three and a half. Brian, um, let's start out on Cleveland. Uh, we may be in for a Joe Flacco start here. Which I'm trying to prep myself. <laughs> I remember he had a few good games with the Jets. Couldn't necessarily get it down deep, but. He, 
he knew the decision. I think good, to make. good might be a, a, a generous term. Uh, I think high volume is what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm, I'm thinking compared to you know him going in against Zach Wilson. We I'd, I'd kill for Flacco in New York right now, but um, <laughs> I, I think even if Cooper plays and Flacco's out there, I don't think he's a good shot. I think if really the wide receivers, I think maybe Elijah Moore comes out. Uh, just you know, Cooper is injured. Moore's going to be a lot closer to the line of, line of scrimmage. There's easy dump off passes, but. I'm really not excited for anybody on the Browns except for Njoku. Njoku's been crushing it as of late uh, as the tight end. I believe he's been a tight end one for the last uh, six weeks. Uh, Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Last six weeks he's been tight end one. So I I think follow those targets. He's been heavily involved. But uh, Jerome Ford, you're starting him, I guess, maybe RB3. There's a chance he gets in the end zone, gives you an RB2 numbers, but uh, he's going to be a flex play at best. Yeah, last week, uh, Jerome Ford, 51 snaps. Hunt had 19, Pierre Strong, too. Um, this, I don't know. This Browns offense has been able to kind of keep on producing somewhat with these quarterbacks, so we'll see. I don't think DTR is going to play. Uh, he's in concussion protocol, I believe, so uh, we'll see. But, yeah, I, I think it's kind of business as usual for the Browns here. Uh, what about the Rams side of things? Um, I don't know. Is it pretty straightforward here? We have some injury news on Cup, I guess, right? Yeah, Cup was a full participant this week, but uh, he was a full participant in the game last week, and uh, that didn't really do you well <laughs> And uh, for all the prior <laughs> weeks. So uh, I'm not necessarily pulling the you-must-sit-Cooper-Cup, but I, I'm also at the point that if you've got better options out there, I wouldn't be afraid to put them in there instead. Uh, Nakua, you know, volume, he should be decent, but this Browns defense is no joke. They really don't give up points mm-hmm. anywhere. Uh, if you can squeeze anything out of him, it's in the running game. So I think Kyron Williams on volume alone, catching the ball, I, I think he's still a decent play. You feel safe there. But uh, Stafford in a super flex league, I wouldn't feel comfortable with it. And uh, these receivers, they, I don't know. They, these guys are elite. You know, some of the best, you know, uh, target share guys we've seen in the last few years. And they're just not putting up numbers for us. So, um yeah, I, I'm nervous for these pass catchers, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, Browns are giving up the fewest points to wide receivers uh, on the year, so not a great matchup. I I think we should probably, like, talk about Cup a little more. Like, I mean, I'm just looking at ECR rankings. They have him wide receiver 21 right now, which doesn't sound that low, but then you look at some of the names that are above Cup and ECR, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Terry McLaurin. Uh, Jamar Chase without Joe Burrow, like uh, Christian Kirk. These are all names that are ahead of of Cooper Cup. Like, I don't know if I could bench him for those players. I, I, I mean, other Chase, I, Chase, I can see rolling out there, but I don't know if I could bench Cup for Terry McLaurin. Not for Terry, no. Um, I, I'd start Kirk over him. I, what Thielen though, as the uh, number one in that offense, would you guys roll him out over Cup? I feel like Not I feeling. would go down swinging on Cup. I don't know about you, Mario. I, I think I'd start Terry McLaurin over Cup, though. And that may sound crazy, but Terry McLaurin got 11 targets last week. Cooper Cup has 13 targets in the last three weeks combined. Like, at some point, I don't know. Like, I, I believe me, I, I have Cooper yeah. Cup. I worked hard to trade for him while he was hurt, and I, I thought I was running away like a bandit. But it turns out I got scammed because he's just a grenade. I'm, I'm starting Cooper Cup because I have to he's Cooper mm-hmm. Cup, and he finishes with two points, four points. He hasn't had double digits since week six. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of thinking that Cup may be 
He, I feel like that he, that is probably the position most people are in, though. If you have Cup, you probably have to start him between injuries and the bye weeks right now. Like me personally, bye I'm having to start him in a super flex spot in my home league. So uh, I, I'm definitely still starting him in my leagues. But if you have a better argument for it, it's your team. Go for it. I, I don't think you should feel discouraged if you want to try something different. I, I guess I've just been that. struggling to apply logic to this. Like it's he had his best games coming off the injury. Uh, then they had a bye week, and his worst games have been since the bye week. Like, is it <laughs> he didn't become a bad football player, right? Like, it, it's somehow related to the injury. Like, I, I just I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. Do you think he's not getting sure breakfast? <laughs> I heard he used Stafford, to get breakfast I, from Stafford a lot. Maybe. Oh my goodness! Uh, well, you, just on your point, Brian, about how like there's the bye weeks right now and like injuries. This is his trial period, right? If Cooper Cup continues to disappoint like this week i think this is going to be a big week and it's a tough test because it's against cleveland who's great against yeah. wide receivers but if i don't see signs of life i need to see close to double digits he hasn't surpassed seven points i need to see nine minimum or cooper cup i'm not starting him week 14 against baltimore Ooh, that one's rough too it's, yeah, it's tough it's rough after rough I mean, some of these yeah. names in the ECR after him could certainly leapfrog him. Garrett Wilson, DK Metcalf, Rasheed Rice, Josh Marquise Downs. Brown, Josh Downs. Josh Downs, I mean, I'm starting over him. He's got to make it happen. I, I'm one of those managers that's just going to go down with the ship with players like Cooper Cup. Cooper, Cooper Cup. That doesn't mean I'm right. Um, that's just generally my strategy. But, yeah, it's been brutal lately. So I, I, I can't fault anyone for benching him. Yeah, I tinker my way into losses. So don't listen to me, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I, you just got to stay consistent, either be the tinker or, you know, stick with the players. And once you start going back yeah. and forth on those strategies, that's, that's where you get into trouble. So very true. All right. Yeah. It's a tough matchup, so it's hard to evaluate this one, but I, I don't know guys, anyone else in this matchup or should we move on to the next game? Let's go to Philly. All right. Okay. This is a fun one. San Francisco 49ers at Philadelphia Eagles, 46 and a half over under uh, 49ers somehow favored by three points in Philadelphia. Mario, this feels like a game where a fight could break out. Does that seem like a good assessment of this matchup? That does seem like a good assessment. And I'll try to do some sideline reporting. I will be at this game. It's supposed to be wet, um, but it should be absolutely electric. So if you're at this game, not doing an official meet and greet, but if you see the waiver (laughs) wire wizard, come say hi. But back to covering the game. Yeah, I can't can't believe the spread. It's disrespectful, but what are you going to do? We'll just dive right into the 49ers. This one, this one's a fun fantasy matchup. This is a fun matchup through and through for football fans everywhere. Brock Purdy, I have him as a low quarterback one. The Eagles, their defense has been kind of soft. Josh Allen just put up around 40 points against them. So, and granted, Brock Purdy is not Josh Allen. He's not going to have the same result. But, again, low quarterback one for me. CMC, he's the best fantasy player. I think there is, so you're always starting him, no question. I'll say now is about the time of year. We're starting to get our handcuffs. Uh, Elijah Mitchell should be rostered in most leagues. Keep that in mind. Down to the wide receivers, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. These guys are both so tricky because to me, they're both kind of wide receiver one and a halves. It's just like whatever given week, it seems like gets a bump in the carries. I think Debo's involved a little bit more in the running game, but you absolutely can't go wrong with either. I currently have Ayuk. In the wide receiver one projections with Debo just right behind him in the wide receiver two, but you're firing up both of these guys. And Greg Kittle, you're starting him. Or George Kittle. Uh, his cousin. <laughs> it's his brother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Got a long joke with some, okay. So Kittle, either way, you're probably starting him. Uh, but he is just an absolute dice throw, as as most tight ends are, right? But Kittle, I think he's the number three tight end on the year. So it's like, of course, I'm starting the number three tight end. But it's just his points spread. Like he's coming off a 1.9 week last week, but before that, three straight double digits of high 14s. So yeah, you're, you're starting George Kittle. Uh, you guys have any yeah, I mean, Eagles. Yeah. I was just going to say, Eagles have been kind of a good matchup across the board other than for running backs. So, yeah, good good matchup for quarterbacks, receivers, tight ends here. Um, and you're clearly not going to sit McCaffrey. So, I, I think it's a pretty good spot for really this whole 49ers <laughs> offense. Mario, you might yeah. be onto something here. Uh, I think there might be a Jared Kittle because last week he dropped three points. Uh, Cleveland, he dropped 0.6, only one against Arizona. So, does he sub out every few weeks with his brother? That just doesn't play football well. I don't know. It's it just talk about a frustrating player to have on your roster because you're not going to bench him because that'll be when he gets his three touchdowns against Dallas, right? Like so, what what to do with him? Uh but you start him. Okay, over to the Eagle side. I mean, this one again, just kind of a mirror image where it's just like you're starting all the positions, right? Hurts. I think he's the number two quarterback right now, possibly the number one. Tough matchup against the Niners, but you're not you're not sitting him. Swift Swift has been electric ever since, kind of like winning the job week two. I have him as an RB two right now, just because 49ers are a tougher matchup. Uh, but I still expect him to get his Gainwell worth rostering. Maybe I don't know. I was kind of indecisive about should he be rostered or not. I think kind of in this handcuff season, I'm thinking yes, but only if you have your playoff spot kind of secured, or maybe you're just like. A little shaky on some things. Maybe you're in a deeper league and you just lost Taylor and you just need a warm body with a pulse. Gainwell's fine for that. And Rashard Penny, I mean, what a what an enigma, but you're not rostering him. Wide receivers, AJ Brown, the godfather of uh Jalen Hurts' kid, or vice versa. It's hard to remember. I think Jalen Hurts is the godfather of AJ Brown's kid, so you, you know they have a great connection. You're starting AJ Brown. And Devontae Smith is kind of like I mentioned it earlier, but he's like a better Gabe Davis where sometimes he's going to be the one that gets the 11 targets and the two touchdowns. And other times he's going to get the three targets for one catch. But I think you still fire him up in most situations. You like the upside, but he's definitely closer to a boom gust, boom bust guy than a consistent floor. Uh, and lastly, in tight end for the Eagles, Dallas Goddard. Still, actually, I think there might be a, ch- no, I think he's still hurt this week. Uh, I'll have to double check that. But his replacement is Jack Stoll. Jack Stoll's not really anything to write home about, so you're not starting him. Um, and one injury I forgot to mention here is that Lane Johnson did miss week last week. And from what I have saw today is he should be on track to play this week. So that's a huge bump to the Eagles offensive line, which is a bump to everybody. Awesome. Well, yeah, I think it's uh green light for just about everyone in this game. So it should be a real fun one. Uh, let's move on to Kansas city chiefs at green Bay Packers, uh, 42 over under, uh, chiefs favored by six on the road. Uh, Jarek McKinnon didn't practice and he missed last week. So looks like he may be out again, maybe see a little bit more CEH out there. Uh, but it's still Isaiah Pacheco's show, um, Packers side of things. Aaron Jones didn't practice. He missed last week. So not looking great there. AJ Dillon did not practice on Wednesday. No indication that's serious though. So, uh, probably looking at another, uh, AJ Dillon week, but, uh, chief side of things. I think they're pretty straightforward. I guess most people would have questions on Rashid Rice. Uh, personally, I've got him as a wide receiver too. 
the Chiefs rotate receivers a ton. They're still doing it. Like Rasheed Rice led the receivers in snaps with 40, but that was out of 60 snaps. Usually you see the top receiver a little higher than that, but still Rasheed Rice is now leading the team in snaps, routes run, targets among receivers, uh, 10 targets last week. That's that's really all you need to see with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. So I think Rice, yes, he may have some down weeks here on out, but uh, he's kind of separated himself from the pack other than Travis Kelsey, obviously, and uh, you can pretty clearly, I think, put Rice in your lineup. I expect some good things out of him. So, yeah, just looking forward to starting him more often. You're obviously starting Mahomes and and, and Kelsey. And uh, Pacheco's got a solid role as well as a nice RB2. So um, not a ton to talk about on the Chiefs. I'm just – I'm not ready to even roster any of these other receivers. It's kind of Rishi Rice or nobody for me personally. Uh, probably some more questions, though, on the Packers side of things. I know we've seen uh, some improved play out of Jordan Love. I think he's still kind of a high-end QB, too, especially against the tough Chiefs defense. Um, it's just – I feel like we say it every week, but it's just worth repeating. This isn't the Chiefs defenses of old. This is a very good defense. So uh, fifth-fewest points to quarterbacks this year. Um, I, I still have Jordan Love as more of a QB, too, but you, you could do a lot worse. He's been pretty consistent recently. Uh, at running back, I'm going with uh, A.J. Dillon, more of an RB3, even without Aaron Jones. We just – We've seen so many chances out of uh, Dylan here, and he's just has never really given us that boom week. I don't expect it to happen against the Chiefs here. So I think most of the talk really centers around the receivers, and they're just all kind of in the same area for the Packers. I like Jaden Reed the most. They give him carries. They give him targets. Uh, I've got him kind of wide receiver too. He's got a nice touchdown streak going. And uh, Christian Watson, like he spiked last week. We kind of wrote him off. Uh, he had uh, high targets, 90 yards, a touchdown, a kind of – everything we've been hoping for. So I, I think Watson is the main discussion here. Um, Mario, do you believe one good week out of Christian Watson with all that talent, or do we need to see more than one week before we trust him in our lineups? I need to see more than one week of Christian Watson. He, I, I benched him um, last week, and I would do it again just because one single week, you can't change your whole philosophy off of it. I want to see better things to come. This week could be a good matchup for it, though, because you have to think Green Bay needs to score to keep up with Kansas City. Watson is that kind of player where he's just going to spread the field. Um, he stretched the field, rather, and you know, hopefully that leads to touchdowns. But I don't think this is the week I'm really trusting him. I think wide receiver three is a good, fair ranking for him, and until proven otherwise, um, that's where I'm keeping him. Yep, I would agree. I mean, two straight weeks with a touchdown, but... Um... Yeah, I just I haven't seen enough consistency to trust him. And uh, Romeo Dobbs, I mean, he kind of does his thing. He'll score touchdowns. He'll give you a wide receiver two week when he does. Uh, you can uh, you can start any of these Packers receivers. I would say it's just uh, I, I do think Jaden yeah. Reed has the most upside here. Um, so, I, yeah. I don't know, Brian. You have a strong stances here. Yeah. As as no, me and Mario really waffle. Like the... <laughs> 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 no, I love it all. I think you guys hit right about the we, uh, the same stance I have on the receivers. Okay. I think it does open up a little bit more room with uh, Luke Musgrave on IR. I mean, and Aaron Jones injured. So it probably gives them all kind of a half-tier bump, I would say. But um, you could do worse. You could do better. That's kind of where the Packers receivers are at uh, right now. So otherwise, I think this is going to be more of a fun real-life game than a fun fantasy game. So uh, just enjoy it for what it is. And uh, hopefully you don't have too many uh, players in that one. But um, all right, we're going to go into the Monday night game. Uh, Brian, I thought this was going to be a lot more exciting a little while ago. Um, Bengals and Jaguars. <laughs> Jaguars favored by eight and a half with an over-under of 38. Uh, go ahead and start out on the Bengals side of things. Um, were you as impressed with Jake Browning as I was last week? 
You mean fifth-year <laughs> starter Jake Browning? Yeah, I've loved this kid since he came out of uh, Western Michigan, Southern Central State. I don't know where this kid came from. I think it's yeah, Washington. I, really... I think it's Washington, I believe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm a Bengals but, fan. I barely even know. So. <laughs> I was I was kind of shocked to see that he was a fifth year player. I'm like, wow, I really only heard of him. I think this year, but it's yeah. he's gonna be Browning up and down the field all day. It's not gonna be pretty. <laughs> uh, I think we can look at Joe Mixon as like a low end RB two. Uh, the Bengals have a 14 point implied total, so I think he may get away with a touchdown here. But the uh, Jacksonville Jags are kind of stingy to the running back position. Uh, Jamar Chase, you are playing him for his elusivity. I, I don't think that. Browning's really going to give him, set him up for a great chance. I think you're hoping for a quick, you know, a, a post play, some sort of crossing route where Jamar Chase can yeah. do the Jamar Chase things that he does and break away. Uh, but I, I do feel like he will come away with a decent amount, you know, a decent game. I bet he gets over double digit points, uh, maybe even a touchdown as well. But as far as that, pass catchers, I'm not interested in. T. Higgins is coming off this hamstring injury. He is reported uh, possibly could play in week 13. Even if he plays in most leagues, I'm contemplating dropping him in the few leagues that I have just because I, I don't think that Browning will ever be able to support him. And I don't think Higgins, outside of being a red zone threat, I, I don't think he's going to be put in that position where he can do anything well. But we get to move over to Jacksonville. That's where the excitement is here. We've got Trevor Lawrence should be putting up a QB1 day for us. Uh, he doesn't do it too often, but I, I bet he breaks through here today. Uh, ETN, you're going to start him as an RB1 pretty confidently. Uh, I, I don't think there's too many running backs this week that I think should be started above him just because I think he's set up well. Uh, now, we've got a bit of an issue with the pass catchers here. Uh, Ridley <laughs> is all of a sudden showing that, hey, guys, I'm, I'm still good. Uh, I think he's uh, 22. Yeah, no, he's the 23rd uh, wide receiver on the year somehow. Somehow. He's given us, I think, three good games. But I think with Zay Jones being back in the mix, whatever this means, uh, I still think he can be started confidently as well as Kirk. Uh, kind of looking at these guys as you know low-end wide receiver twos with one of them having that higher upside. Uh, and then Evan Ingram. I'm putting it here. This is the week. He, <laughs> he's been hurt. No, no touchdowns all season. Like Evan Ingram, he's been so great. The amount of touchdowns he had last year, it, it's about time, Evan. Let's find ourselves some pay dirt. Let's get in there. So uh, I think this is going to be the game because the Bengals, quite frankly, are the worst team for the, the tight ends. Uh, or, the, I mean, yeah. the best best matchup. They're worst against tight ends. Uh, we saw yeah. Friar Muth have a career day against them last week. So I, I think Evan Ingram is going to walk away pretty well. Yeah, I've been shocked with this Bengals defense. They've given up so many explosive plays this year. It's been insane. Um, and having Burrow out does not help. It just puts so much more pressure on them. I think this is definitely an offense to exploit here. So, uh, yeah, I think you can start any of these guys. I, they're going to put up a lot of points. And I guess as long as Zay Jones is out there, uh, that means Calvin Ridley's good. I don't understand yep. the correlation. Like, I don't know if this is like – is he like a um, – if you guys play like Overwatch, is he like a healer? Is he like uh, Lucio? He boosts the players <laughs> around him. Like, what does Zay Jones do that makes Calvin Ridley a good player? I don't understand it. It's moral support. I guess that, it's a little booty slap as he runs out on the field. Go get him. Go get him, Calvin. <laughs> there we go. I, I would compare me to like a weighted blanket in a rainstorm. It's like that's what he is for Calvin Ridley. But I like the Lucio analogy too. So <laughs> that's the only player I was ever good with on uh, Overwatch. So I just had to get a Lucio <laughs> reference in there. So. All I can figure is that Zay Jones is just running like the field stretcher routes, like to the boundary, and then they let Ridley actually do things. I don't know why they don't let Ridley do things when 
Zay Jones isn't out there, but regardless, Ridley seems to be a different player. So I, I don't know. Uh, the only thing I would add here, Jamar Chase's line last week looks uh, okay. Four catches, 81 yards. Uh, two of those were on passes that probably could have been intercepted that were deflected to him. So uh, it could have been worse than that. Um, I, Browning isn't – I've seen worse backups, and it could get better. Uh, it was his first start in the NFL. So, like, it was against the Steelers, not the easiest matchup first game. Uh, so it could get a little better, but I, I think you're spot on, Brian. It, it, it's rough to drop T. Higgins. Uh, I don't think – I can't tell you not to, though. I just – there's only going to be room for Chase here, and even Chase, it's going to be a little sketchy. So, unfortunately, uh, with a bad defense and uh, a bad quarterback, the Bengals is just – the, the offense is, is in free fall. So I, if you want to bench any of these guys, I can't really fault you too much. Yeah. And on some, uh, on some happy news here as a Bengals fan. So it's really, really way to end the show here, guys. You got anything happy before we get out of here? Uh, cheer me up here. Ooh, not, not as a Bengals fan. <laughs> it's a good pick. You yeah. guys have a good pick coming your way again. Just like the, the Joe Burrow ACL, it turned into a blessing. You got Jamar chase. So maybe you get that, That's- that, Penny Sewell you guys have been looking for forever. I've, I've definitely seen uh, Bengals fans uh, <laughs> tweeting mock drafts out. So it's uh, it's kind of shocking at this Ooh, point. The There's still six games left. Still six games oh. left, guys. Start refreshing Tankathon, just seeing what you guys are getting. <laughs> hey, I'm upset oh, as a Colts man. fan. I wanted Marvin Harrison Jr. And Minshew is screwing us out of him. So, oh, yeah, that's Minshew. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, this was a lot of fun. Uh, I know y'all are doing that double duty this week, so appreciate y'all coming on. Uh, everyone out there, as always, please check out the website. Uh, the Sit Start article is going to go way more in depth than we did on the show, but um, hopefully this was helpful as well. But check out those writers. They do an awesome job on there. So, um, yeah, make sure to check out Brian and, and Mario and Callan on the Waiver Wire show uh, Monday night, Tuesday, whenever it comes out for you. Uh, but until then, uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Good luck as we approach the fantasy playoffs, and we will talk to you soon. Yeah.